Welcome to the Ed Milet Show, the place for leaders, dreams, and champions. Welcome back to Max Out with Ed Milet. This man to my left, I think, is one of the most inspiring people on planet Earth today. Thank you. And an unbelievable public speaker, for the record, that you're going to hear about in a minute. But this is Nick Sanitastasso. And uh, as you can tell, Nick and I have been friends now for a while. But Nick has a story to tell, as you can tell, that's probably different than anyone you've ever heard before. And so I'm excited to have you here today, brother. Grateful for the opportunity, you, brother. You, you know how much I've wanted you here, and we've been connecting through social media for a while, and I consider you a friend. I appreciate that. And uh, I'm so excited that I'm going to help even get you further exposure to the world. I'm excited. I'm excited. I am too, brother. <laughs> and so they need to know more about you. So let's get right into your story, man. All right. Let's get into it, because I know there are people watching this. You know, it's interesting, man. People are listening to this podcast or watching it on YouTube, and they find us in different conditions in their life. Some of them are rocking right now, and they want an edge to go to the next level. Some people are sort of trying to find their why. And then there's people that are watching this today that are not where they want to be. They feel like they're falling behind. They're, they're, they're hurting. You know, they're just hurting yes. emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually. They're hurting. And I think it's the third group, although I think you reach the first two. I think it's the third group that you reach in a way that nobody I know can reach. And so I'm hoping to reach those of you today that are in that category in a very deep way. Those of you that are in the other two, I think you're going to take it a notch higher after you hear this. But let's talk about you for a second and not them. Okay, let's do it. So you were born with something called Hanhart syndrome, yes. right? And take them through sort of what that is and then sort of what it can really mean for the other people that were diagnosed with it. 1996, you were born. Yes. And so there were 12 people born with it at that time, right? I was right? the 12th. You were the 12th, and so talk about that. Yeah, so I was the baby of the family. I was the last kid my mom was pregnant with. And, you know, every, the pregnancy was going fine until my mom, we went in, well, they went in for an ultrasound. Mm. And basically they sat my parents down and pulled up, you know, the baby on the screen. Mm. And the doctors are, like, looking at each other and saying, there's something wrong. My parents are like, what do you mean there's something wrong? And it says, well, from the looks of it, it doesn't look like some of his limbs are being developed. It looks like he's missing his legs and his one arm. And, you know, after that, they finally diagnosed me with Hanhart syndrome. In womb? Was that in the womb they diagnosed yeah. it or after? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they said I had a bunch, they said, like, my face was messed up, um, cleft, like, cleft lip. They said a bunch of things to, to my parents before the birth. Well, but, that wasn't true, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so my parents looked at each other and said, we're going to see where life takes this. You know, we're going to just have this kid born and see what he's capable of doing. Thank God, because yeah. some people might have reacted differently Absolutely. to that news. Thank Absolutely. God, right? Okay. Yeah, so I was born, and but before that, they said he's going to be the 12th baby born, and out of the 12, eight of them have passed away due to undeveloped organs. Oh, boy. So what that means is, you know, the baby's born and it can't breathe on its own or it can't eat on its own and later passes away. So mm. they gave me a 30% chance, and mm. when I was born, you know, the first thing they did was do tests of my organs. And mm. Uh, my mom, I remember my mom saying the first thing she remembers is I had a full head of hair and a big smile. And she's like, oh, my God, this baby's gorgeous. And, um, yeah, I can remember that. And she, they did test my organs. And mm. it came back 100% healthy that the only thing were affected were my limbs. All my organs were 100% healthy. Thank God. And so, you know, that's why, that's one of the reasons why living in a state of gratitude, you know, is so yeah. important. And I'm, I shouldn't be here. So, like, yeah. every day, you know, every day we live, every day we're alive is... It's yeah. an amazing day. God bless your mom, though. So tw of the 12 that were born, eight didn't make it? Eight had passed. Yeah. And bless your mom. You imagine the anxiety of even going into labor that day. You mothers out there, imagine 
how difficult labor was for you, but also on top of that, knowing that there was this gigantic percentage chance that the baby wasn't going to make it anyway. Your parents are amazing, man. Yeah, I, I always thank yeah. them for that. They made me who I am, yeah. you know, my mindset. Yeah, you're amazing, by the way. I appreciate that. <laughs> you are. So I, I'm fascinated by this. When did you figure out you were different than other people? Was there an age that you remember going, hey, I'm different, or did you, like, never think you were? Well, from the earliest of ages, my parents basically sat me down from when I can remember and said, Nick, the world's not going to stop for you because you're born like this. Mm -hmm. You know, the world's not going to stop and you're basically going to have to figure out how to do each and everything your way. You know, mm -hmm. Nick, getting on, getting on a chair is going to be a little bit harder, feeding yourself. So basically, in the most polite and nice way, my parents would put food in, food in front of me and say, Nick, figure it out. Seriously? Or put, yeah, or put, put my clothes in front of me and say, Nick, just figure it out, like, try your way. And that's all they wanted me to do was you know, try my best to figure it out. And mm. what that did was it got my mindset in the, in the earliest of ages, got my mindset of the rhythm of, okay, it's not can't, but it's how, you know? Mm. And that's like taking different approaches and that's for everyone, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna have challenges in our life and they might scare us, they might freak us out. We might be like, oh my God, but if you sit back and be like, okay, how, you know, how am I gonna do this? How am I gonna approach this? So, you know, basically throwing reality at me at an early age because, you know, mom and dad are not gonna be around all the time. You're gonna ha have to figure out how to dress yourself and feed yourself. Because when I was born, the doctors basically handed over a list to my parents and were like, here's all the things your son won't be able to do. Your son won't be able to feed himself. Your son won't be able to dress himself, you know, walk. Your son, will, you'll, your son will basically be a big baby for the rest of their life. And that's what I tell people. I said, you know, we have that same choice that my parents had in a different situation. Mm. And that is we can either let other people dictate what we're capable of doing or go out and see what you're capable of doing. Oh, my God. And that's the choice. That's yeah. the choice we all have. Yeah. You know, you also give a lesson. Your parents give a lesson. This is going to be unreal, everyone, just so you know, get ready. Um, you also give a lesson, though, in building a child or building a team. It's like you can't do everything for them, right? They've got to, you, you need to be willing to let people figure things out for themselves so they build that resiliency, I think, in life. I think as a parent, too often we're trying to do everything for them. Or even as a leader in business, we try to provide every perfect thing for them. Let people figure things out for themselves and build that sort of resiliency amongst themselves. How old were you, by the way, when you could do those things? Like, I'm, I'm curious, were you a certain age? You're like, I, I, I can dress myself. I mean, things like that yeah. that most people take for granted. I think it was probably like, I don't know if it was like three or four, but they, they yeah. threw me into a bunch of things. And the one thing that I always tie into life is skateboarding. That was the one thing. You skateboarded? Yeah, yeah. So it was the one thing. My parents or my brother, I'm not sure who put me on first. Okay. But I compare skateboarding to life is because I started off like a surfboard. They put me on my stomach and it was a cool way for me to get around. I loved it. My brother skateboarded. So I realized, okay, laying on my belly, I'm not going fast enough. I want to, I want more. So then Nick realized that if he stood up like this and got his balance and I could really get some speed. And, um, <laughs> and then I, I, you know, through falling on my face and getting back up and figuring out, you know, what I can do, I wanted more. And one day I said, mom and dad, you know, come outside and learn a trick. And they were like, oh, God, you know, yeah. what is Nick about to do? I'll do, I'll do it here real quick. And um, okay. so I, I went up to the top of the hill. I'm like, Mom and Dad, you ready? And they're like, what is this kid gonna, about to do? And I'm coming down. I'm coming down so fast. And I go by them, and I go by them like this. Holy crap. And, you know, fume, Nick's going by in a handstand, and my face is like two inches from the pavement. And my mom's like, oh, my God. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, did you see that? And the, the, the message that I always tell people with that is, they saw, you know, when I posted that, people saw the handstand, but they didn't see how many times I fell on my face. Mm. 
Mm. They didn't see the journey. They didn't mm. see how many times that, you know, I scraped myself up and got back up again. And that's the same thing for everyone. We look up to these people. We look up to artists. We look yeah. up to DJs, whatever it may be. We look yeah. up to all these people. Yeah. But what you see currently is where they are at now. Mm. You know, you didn't see how many times they got denied, how many times they said they weren't pretty enough, good enough, strong enough, whatever it may be. They didn't see that. Dude. So, you know, documenting the journey is so important Bro. and just seeing the grind. I gotta be honest with you, that's the first time since we've talked today. I'm not kidding you, by the way. That's the first time since we've talked today that I sort of, this is gonna sound so weird for everybody, but I'm gonna tell you how, really the truth. Yeah. That was the first time since we've talked today that I was conscious of the fact that you did lack limbs. Do you know that? Like the whole time we've been talking, I haven't really been conscious of that since we've known each other because I don't know why that is. I mean, I just think it's that your spirit's so infectious, you're just, I, that was the first time I went, oh yeah, that's right, by the way. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Thank you. That's yeah, really that's... interesting, bro. Like, that, so you knew you were different. I interviewed, I interviewed a guy that's a great friend of mine now, and his mom's been a friend of mine for, gosh, 30 years, Cody McCaslin. Cody's missing, or he's had both legs amputated. And he told me, I just want to know if the lesson's true for you, he knew he was different when he was young, and he said one of the things that's most difficult when you're in a situation like that is people not asking you about it. He says, you know, they just stare at you, right? And he said to me, he goes, you know what, my advice is, if you see someone who's different than you, by the way, I think this is even true culturally. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you grew up Jewish and there's someone Muslim that you meet, I think they prefer you say, hey, how did you grow up? What's it like, right? So yeah. you see someone different than you. And so is that true even as you were growing up? Would it be easier for you if someone just came and go, hey, man, what's the deal? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And when I got into middle school, I say that was a big slap in the face for me because yeah. before that, honestly, I didn't realize. You know, I didn't. I was just going through the motions. I had, I have to say, I was blessed with a, a great school system, a great set of friends, and you know, I never ran into like bullying too much. Okay. But you know, when I got into middle school, I realized that you know, since I had an aid in school, that people thought I was mentally slow just because I had an aid in school, mm. and that I was getting pushed around, and I realized I was getting different treatment. And, you know, I always say middle school and high school, we can all agree that that's the most judgmental time of a kid's life going yeah. into that. And that's when I did realize, you know, the kids were pointing or, you know, mm -hmm. whispering. And, I, and growing up, like being like this, you always realize in public people looking at you. Like it's just a sense you have because okay. you, I, I just feel like people, you're different, you know, so people are going to look. Mm -hmm. So definitely it is better for people to just be like, hey, like what's going on or what happened? What's up? And, you know, I, I get a lot of people come up and say, oh, thank you for your service. I'm like, oh, no, you know, I'm not that type they of hero. They thought it was an IUD yeah, or something yeah. like that. And I'm like, because I got the tattoos and everything. And yeah. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not that type of hero. I'm not that hero, you know? Yeah. I was born like this. And it's 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 a lot better when people ask you because yeah. would you rather someone staring at you or be like, hey, like, who are you? What yeah, are you, you know? 100%. It's just like, but by the way, speaking of tattoos, I think you have, a, you have a bunch of really unique ones, yeah. but I like this one. Tell them what this says right here. Does everybody see this? By the way, I don't know if the camera can get in there on that or not, Nico. But tell them what that says. So this says, you laugh at me because I'm different, and yeah. I laugh at you because you're all the same. Oh, my gosh. And I think, I'm pretty sure it's a Kurt Cobain quote, but yeah. that's what everyone's trying to do is trying to fit in and trying to, you know, especially, like I said, in middle school and high school, you're sitting with your little groups and your mm. cliques, but, like, wouldn't you rather the people that organically flock to you? Those are your tribe. That's your group because yeah. those are the people that love you for your authentic you rather than wearing this mask, wow. you know? So that that's not like, hey, like, I'm way different than you. I'm better than right. you. No, that's like, yo, be yourself, you know, because you are going to organically attract the right things in your life, the right people in your life because yeah. you're being who you are. Oh, bro. Come on, man. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. That's good. And so I'm curious. You did sort of get into this sort of, you know, you said that was the hardest time of your life was middle school and high school, at least yeah. the beginning of high school. Um, did you kind of go into a little bit of a depression, sort of down on yourself? And then if you did, how'd you get out of it? Yeah, so 
Middle school, high school, I was at an all-time low for me, you know, and my big question was why? You know, I, I realized I was different and I realized, you know, some of the negativity of kids staring at me. I was just like, why? You know, there's billions of people. Why do I have to be on this earth with no legs and one arm? These kids don't know what I'm going through. Why? Like, why? Mm. I, mean, I was pissed off. You know, the universe, God, whatever it may be, I was just pissed off that I was in this situation. Mm. And when I got into high school, I, I realized, you know, that I was in the slump and I realized that you know, confidence is a skill. It's not just something that you wake up with. And that's what I thought. When I thought in middle school and high school, I was like, well, I guess I'm just not born with confidence. You know, I thought you either had it or you didn't. But to show people that's a skill and it, you gradually work on it. So I needed to work on myself. And, I've, and I'm lucky that I realized that the only person that's going to make a drastic change in your life, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, like you were talking about, is you. You know, <laughs> you have to take control of yourself. And I realized, I was like, Man, like one choice, you have one choice. I can either look at all the negative I have in my life and focus on that, which won't propel me, it will dig me to a hole, mm. or I can focus on all the good and all I'm capable of doing and that will elevate me. Ooh. So when I, was, when I was freshman year, it was funny, um, my best friend, we're still best friends to this day, and all my wrestler best friends are, are you know, we're still best friends, yeah. but um, he was a bowler. And in my high school, you know, I was like, man, if I, I could be part of a team, you know, just like a group, something, a support system, I'll feel better about myself. I'll be labeled as, you know, an athlete if it's a right. bowler, whatever it may be. Right. You know, I'm an athlete. Nick's right. an athlete. So I, I, that fired me up. So um, I remember our varsity team was super good and our JV bowling team was undefeated until okay. I joined the team. <laughs> and, and I joined the JV team and I remember, I, dude, I totally rem remember they didn't even have the correct like jersey for me. I had an older jersey, so yeah. like it's me. And like people are like, how's this kid gonna bowl? And I was just like throwing a ball down the lane. <laughs> and um, I realized that I wanted much more, that it just, it, it wasn't mm. challenging me enough. And mm. I, I wanted something more physical. Mm. And so I got, my, I got into my sophomore year and yeah. all my best friends, so that best friend wrestled his younger years and like Matt Ratz when he was younger. And okay. so sophomore year, they all were on the wrestling team. They all were like all stud wrestlers for my high school. Okay. My older brother was a wrestler for yeah. that same high school, but I never got to go to high school with him. So like okay. the, the coaches knew me. They knew your family. And yeah. so I was like, man, I thought wrestlers were the coolest thing. You know, yeah. the hardest physical sport, like physically and mentally, I want to yeah. be a wrestler. So um, at the time, this arm was about five inches longer than it is now. And my bone was growing faster than my skin. So it was like your finger, but super pointy. So I couldn't really touch it on things. It was super sensitive. And like, painful too, so, right? Yes, painful. Yeah. So I used to tuck it because if I would have hit my, my arm hard enough, my bone would have came through. Jeez. That's how like, yeah, sorry. Jeez. But that's how like, yeah. you know, light it is. Yep. And so I, I made, that, made that decision to myself. I said, if I could become a wrestler, you know, if I could be with my friends, you know, just get after it in the room, you know, it would make me feel so much better about myself and just lift me up. And so I came home one day and I said, mom and dad, I want to be a wrestler. And I remember I waited for my dad to be home. Yeah. And, and my, my parents supported me in everything and anything throughout my life. You know, mm. as long, Nick, as long as you're happy, you know, yes. we want you to do it. But this was a little bit different. I said, Mom and Dad, I want to be a wrestler. My mom was like, oh, my God, Nick, you know, wrestling's the most physical sport. If you're out there, you hit your arm. And I was right. like, I was a, a 17, 18-year-old kid. I looked at him. And I said, can we cut it off? Oh, my gosh, bro. And, and they were like, what? And mm. I'm like, can we take care of this? Like, it's not helping. Mm. And, you know, it took me a couple hours, but I persuaded my parents to schedule um, an amputation. So we found, like, the best doctor, and they basically labored, lasered five inches of my arm off and did a skin graft. So they pulled extra skin and pulled it over my bone so I'd have, you know, padding. Mm. And I always tell people the only little mountain, the only little challenge that I saw that was stopping me from wrestling was the fact that my arm hurt. It wasn't the fact that I was born with no legs on my arm because I knew, I knew that my hard work and dedication, if I, if I worked harder than the able body, it would make up for my lack of limbs. If I put the work in, you know, work my butt off, hmm. that I would, this wouldn't matter, you know, hmm. it wouldn't matter. So hmm. 
I made that decision, and so my sophomore year, I always say I was the happiest kid to cut his arm off. Like, Come I was just. Come <laughs> on, bro. Yeah, so we amputated my arm my sophomore year, and remember, I love food. We're Italian, and yeah. I, I missed Halloween that year because <laughs> I, was, I was in a cast. I had like, you know, 17 stitches in my arm. Mm -hmm. And I remember going back to school, and I was so happy. Like I said, happiest kid to just cut his arm off. And people were like, dude, what did you just do? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I amputated my arm. I'm gonna be a wrestler. <sighs> and it was the same old, it was the same cycle. It was people, dude, you can't wrestle. You know, right. it, it was, dude, how are you going to be a wrestler? You have no legs and one arm. Like, dude, right. let's be real. Right. You know, the outside noise, the naysayers, yeah. the haters. And I looked, I said, you're right. I'm not going to become a wrestler. I'm going to become a varsity wrestler. And, and, you know, I think, I think from the earliest of ages, from, you know, my parents telling me what the doctors told me and all this, I always carried a little bit of chip on my shoulder sure. to show people what I'm truly capable of doing. Bro, can we just stop for a second here? We, we can stop. You, you, to go, to go wrestle. So there's all these, by the way, a lot of you are parents or you're a young athlete watching this. You go, man, I'm wrestling. Man, it's so hard, so hard to cut weight. Or I got to go to the gym. Or man, I got to miss my party on the weekend to go to practice. This guy cut his arm <laughs> off to go wrestle, right? And, and by the way, that's going into it knowing I don't actually have every other thing going for me to go dominate in this sport. It's actually after bowling, which, by the way, I would love to see you bowl. That just, to me, is like the coolest yeah, visual yeah. in the world. <laughs> but the fact that you go for bowling just to belong to a team, you're like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to a next standard, a next level. I want to go wrestle. Then to have your parents kind of still back it, though, man, and do you go to that extreme, like, what are you willing to do to chase your dream? This guy's willing to cut his arm off. Right? Part of it. I mean, what are you willing to do to chase your dream? What's the sacrifice you're willing to make? And how does it compare to that? Right? And with no guarantee, he makes a team. And then to up the ante, go, you're right, I'm not going to wrestle. I'm going to varsity wrestle. I, I don't know this, by the way. Did that actually happen? So my junior year, I remember getting in the room and I said to my, to my buddies, because most of my buddies, they're all my buddies now, you know? And yeah. I was like, beat me up. I said, beat me up, slam my face in the mat as hard as you can, you know, do whatever you need to do, because if you hold back on me, I'm not going to know how to become the best wrestler I could possibly be. And that's the same thing for my parents. If my parents held back and gave me everything, you know, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have the mindset I have. I wouldn't be the man I am today if people held back on me. Mm -hmm. So that was my first thing, my, my message to everyone, yo, beat me up. Like, don't feel bad. Like, I'm here. I'm here for me. Like, beat me up. So my junior year, what I, what I was doing was basically just trying to figure out where my strengths were, like what, what I was good at. And with wrestling, if you go to your back, if you both your shoulder blades touch, it's, it's a pin, it's six mm -hmm. points, and that's the most amount of points you can give up. So mm -hmm. I knew that, you know, I needed to work on staying off my back. Mm -hmm. You know, even if I couldn't win, if they could tech fall me and get, you know, a lesser amount of points than a pin, I'm winning. Yep. Um, so my junior year, um, I was like, like I said, I was like one in 20, mm -hmm. and, but my, my coach threw me out for a forfeit win um, mm -hmm. to get my varsity jacket. And I came off, I was like, I don't want it. You know, I never mm. even got my varsity jacket. Mm. Um, I never got it. And I, to, because to me, I didn't earn it. You know, mm. I, I, it was given to me. And I didn't want to wear something that, you know, it was just given to me. Mm. So my junior year, got my butt kicked, big learning experience. Yeah. In between the summer of junior year and senior year, I kind of got in the weight room a little bit, not yeah. too much. Um, but my senior year, I came out as Central Regional's 106-pound varsity wrestler from my high school. Come on, dude. Yeah. Get the, get the, come on. <laughs> and, um, come you on. know, like I said, we talk about moments of confirmation, moments of reassurance. It was just like, this is what you're, you know, regardless of, you know, how I got to 106-pound varsity wrestler, it was, you know, I stuck through the journey and I made it. Bro. So at that point, I'm still trying to find my why. You know, Nick's confidence is, is, you know, I got a little bit. You know, I'm part of the wrestling. I'm hanging with the wrestlers. I'm a senior wrestler. You know, I'm a varsity wrestler. Um, but I would go out and there would be gymnasiums packed to watch me wrestle. 
there would be standing really? ovations when I lost, and I, I was I hated it. I was like, yeah. why are you clapping for me if I just got my butt kicked? You know, yeah. I did give it my all. You know, I always yeah. gave it my all, but why are you clapping for me? Yeah. You're not supposed to applaud losing. I'm a competitor. Mm. And I came off the mat one day, and this, this lady came up to me, and mm. she was crying. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, what did mm. I do wrong? Yeah. And she said, Nick, I, I want to thank you. Mm. I said, for what? You know, 17-year-old, mm. 18-year-old kid, what? Yeah. And she said, my son or daughter never wanted to do a sport. My son or daughter never wanted to do an extracurricular activity. Mm. They want to try all these things. They saw you on the mat, and they're like, oh, my God, I want to try this, Mom. I want to try that. Yeah. And that was my quantum moment of I was just trying to live my life to the fullest. I was trying to find my purpose, and I was motivating and pa passively. I was motivating and changing lives passively on the sideline. Yeah. Imagine how many people I could change for the better, how many perspectives I can change for the better, and motivate people if I focus my energy in helping people. Ooh, bro. And that's when I realized that mm. I... Boom, here's your, here's your why, Nick. You yeah. are an example. Yes. You are an example. You know, like, you, mm. you accepted this life before you even were in here, and yeah. you are here to be an example for those that think they don't, can't. Yeah. A lantern, a lantern for others to, to spread light. Dude, you are that. And I, I told everybody that. when we started, you would inspire. I'm trying right now not to tackle you myself because <laughs> I'm so freaking fired up, and I'm afraid you might wrestle me back <laughs> to the ground. I don't want to be pinned. <laughs> but I, I'll be honest with you, brother. Like, there's so much here. Usually in interviews, I want to jump in and add, but this is too good. And so Thank you. Um, I do want to say one thing to you. That part about letting, telling the guys to beat you up is such a great lesson for everybody to be watching this because you wanted to go through the real deal and I'm thinking about I'm thinking about all the things that people use to they use as an excuse to stop they use as an excuse to hold back right and you've just you've never done that before and it's it's sort of just crazy to me and one of the things I found out about you obviously you're a competitor right and but you're also real grateful and I think that would surprise a lot of people that Someone who, you know, got a little bit bullied and teased as a young guy. Nothing came out perfect. Nothing's easy for you, right? But yet you're really a grateful dude. Talk about how important gratitude is for you in addition to all of this intense competition you've been through. How, how important is gratitude? I feel like gratitude, if a person can just live in a state of gratitude, it could change their whole entire life. And <laughs> I can make this quick and simple and easy for everyone to comprehend. Me, a man with no legs and one arm. There are millions of people we, as we sit in this couch that would switch places with me in an instant because they just don't have it like me. Mm. There, there are kids and adults that are confined in wheelchair beds. There are kids and adults that are paralyzed in wheelchairs that look outside and say, man, I wish I could just go outside and breathe the fresh air. I wish I could just listen to the birds. I wish I could get out of this hospital bed. Mm. Like, it gives me chills. That's all yeah. the motivation I need because I know that my situation isn't bad. Mm. And the sad thing is that there's people with full bodies that say, oh, man, his life's bad. No, it's not. You know, the biggest disability is a bad mindset. It's not this. It is not this. It's, it's people don't have their mind right, Ed. It's, people are just like, oh, my God, I can't do this. I can't do that. No, you, you can, you're truly capable of anything. You put limits on yourself. The only limits you have are the ones you put on yourself. <laughs> so to, to go back to gratitude, like, I'm, start being grateful for that you woke up today. Mm. You know, start being grateful that you were in a bed. There's people sleeping. You can go outside. There's people sleeping on the sidewalk. Mm. Like, how can you not be grateful? Mm. You know, so living in a state of gratitude and, and waking up and starting your day off with gratitude, you know, listening five things you're grateful for, thinking yes. about five things you're grateful for, you'll notice that your mind gets in a rhythm. And at first, it may be big things like, oh, my family, my house, whatever it may be. But then your mind will get in the rhythm and start thinking about the little things, the little things you're grateful for, like, man, I'm, I got good health, or man, mm. I got food in the refrigerator, or mm. you know, my, I got friends, you know, the little things. Your mind starts to just become grateful for the things around you, and you realize that 
the things you complain about on a day-to-day basis in the grand scheme of life, mm. they're not problems. Bro. They're, they're, we don't have problems. Mm. Like, the, man, mm. you, yeah. know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I, I do, but you live it. And I think there's something powerful about people who are authentic, who actually walk the walk, to do the things they say they're going to do which is what you do. And like you're walking the walk isn't the same as other people because you have to walk differently. Are there days you're down? Are there days you're like, hey man, even today, are there days now this, look, you're accomplished. You've, you're now a sought after speaker, right? You, you inspire people like me who, it ain't easy to always inspire me, right? Like there's gotta be something special about someone to inspire me. Like sitting here with you, I can feel my emotions. I'm trying to hold them, right? Like my intensity, my, passion my tears for some reason like I'm holding it in because I want to have a good interview with you right but like you yeah. induce that in people you're special but there's are there days you're down absolutely and mm-hmm. I I always tell people I, I'm not the energizer bunny all the time you okay. know I do That's have those low days yeah yeah and I actually had a low day I'll be honest I had a low day it was my birthday the May 20th and I and that weekend we went to Miami and I had a low day because um you know, I went out in public and just trying to just trying to, you know, mingle and talk to girls. What? Right. Yeah. And maybe the one interaction with a girl didn't go the way I wanted to. Yeah. And all these thoughts going in my head. Oh, my God, she thinks you're disgusting. It's because mm. you have no legs, and one arm. And, mm. you know, these are the, 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 the things that you go through those moments of like down and I was down. Yeah. Like those guys, they, they were like, do you want to go out? And I'm like, no, like, I'm good. I'm mm. dude, it's your birthday weekend. No, I'm good. Mm. Because like one moment. It's important to know that one moment can can induce those toxic thoughts in your head. Yeah. But the important thing about that is when I'm in those low moments, and this is for everyone needs to do this, when you're in those low moments, embrace it. What are you feeling? Hmm. How are you breathing? How do you feel? And realize that this is not a state I want to be in. So embrace that low time and be like, oh my God, I feel like I feel like poop. You know, mm. I don't feel good. I feel, this is my low state. Mm. You know, these are all the things that I don't want to go through and the thoughts that I don't want to think about. Mm. And that's the thing, you know, embrace wow. that time, embrace that state and realize that, oh my God, I don't want to feel like this mm. and then get out of it. And, and the way to get out of it is start thinking positive affirmations, you know, start thinking about, because your mind can only think about one thought. So mm. if you're thinking about something negative, you know, mm. change that thought. So yep. I start to think to myself, I am beautiful. I am confident. I am an athlete. I, if that girl doesn't want to talk to me, that it's an organic filter. And that's the type of people that I don't want to be around. Mm. Nick, Nick, it was, it was helping you. She's mm. not the girl you want to be around. That's She's right. looking at you for this. Right. You know, so that's the, one of the things that helped me so much because I'm not going to lie. Girls was a, is still, still sure. a tough part for me, you yeah. know? And, you know, especially as a 22-year-old guy, you know, sure. it's, it's, a hard, it's, a hard, it's a low point for me. But mm. to realize that me being in this situation, it, like we said about the tribes, it organically attracts the right people you want to be with. So if a girl is going to not talk to me or, or, you know, just not even respect me for my lack of limbs, okay, yeah. fine. Like, take yeah. a hike, you know, because you are not the person that I want to be around. Bro, remind yourself of that, please. Absolutely. Because that's, shoot, this is good. Like, it's so true because there's... All guys 22 years old are like have these deficiencies. And then, by the way, why does she like you? She like you just because you're good looking? That's the reverse. Is she like you just because you got a couple bucks? Is she yeah. like you just because you're an athlete? And then you end up, it's an odd filter for you that's actually to your benefit. Because Absolutely. It's, it, it is because eventually you're going to find a woman who loves you for you. And as you're blowing up like you are now, she's actually going to love you for you. Whereas, like, if you do have money, if you are successful, if you are like, in someone's mind, perfect looking or whatever, right? Like you'll never know if they love the you that's you. So you actually have this, it's bizarre that you're right about that. And I want to acknowledge that you're <laughs> right about that. And thank you for being honest about it too. You got it. Because I have down days too all the time. And I'm curious that 
how you would advise somebody though that faces their own adversity like hey man I'm, I'm facing my own adversity right now I don't uh, you know I'm looking at you man I'm like okay this dude goes out for bowling then he goes for wrestling we're talking a minute of by the way that's not the end of this guy's athletic career Okay, it ends up getting even better if you're wondering if that was like the end of it. No. By the way, was he a dominant wrestler? I think the most inspiring thing is you didn't win all the time. And you I had two wins my senior year. By the way, that's massive, <laughs> right? Because those two wins are more inspiring. See, I think the, the 14 or 15 not wins makes you more inspired. If you go, well, I was 17 and one, two. You're like, all right, so he just crushed everything, whatever. Right? Yeah. I think it's more inspiring. I told you that beforehand. But I'm curious, what would you say to somebody who's going through their own adversity right now? If they could get advice, they get to sit here with you and go, hey, man, I'm going through some crap right now. What would you say to them? I'm going through adversity. I would say, you know, realize that for the things that you may think you're discussing, right, or may mm. think are bad about you, mm. are probably your biggest strengths and your biggest influences. Because that was, that was the case for me. Mm. You know, when I was at that low point, I was like, mm, I'm disgusting. I don't want to go in public. I hate the fact that I'm born with no legs and one arm. Mm. It turned out the things that were, I thought were the most negative about myself, the most unattractive, dis disgusting, became my biggest empowerments and biggest influences. Mm. So people who are, you know, they're going through adversity, you know, Em, em, embrace your difference you know it's, yes. it stands out embrace embrace you yeah. you know embrace what you struggle with and and what you're good at and yes. focus on what you're good at yeah and you know it, I think it's about working on yourself I do and, too. and people I feel like people don't work on themselves enough mm. and if that's just like hey I'm gonna wake up a little 30 minutes earlier a little bit you know this week yeah you know and pat yourself on the back or I'm yeah. gonna eat healthy you know just work on yourself a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And it's like you talk about the yeah. relationship you build within yourself. Yeah, right. You know, people may not have that relationship with themselves and they're looking to try to build relationships with other people. You need to start with you. You, you need to start with your relationship. <laughs> so it's just like little micro steps, little little stepping stones to to becoming a better you. Yeah. And that's what I say. As long as we are as long as we're moving forward, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit a little bit at a time, progression is winning. You know? And as long as as long as you're not going backwards, I always tell people you're either growing or you're dying. Yes. Pick one. Yes. And it, you and as humans, we love the feeling of progression. Yeah. We love the feeling of growth and you know moving forward. So if you just take those little steps of moving forward, you'll you'll start to you know you're like, ooh, I feel good. You bro, know, bro, it's so true. And like you, did, I'm gonna tell you one thing. You've used you. I'd have to go back and look, but you've used the word disgusting five or six times. I just want to point out something to you right now. And you said it earlier. You said embrace the state you're in. One of the reasons you need to embrace the pain of where you're at is it's a catalyst to change. And by the way. It's okay to have down days. It's okay to feel Absolutely. pain because I want to. I want to say this to you too, because it's the contrast of life that give us our richness. Because it's on the days when you feel the most studly, the most fit, the most strong, which is what we're going to talk about I next. I got an amazing story for that Isn't, too. Okay, I want to hear it because the contrast between those two is what gives you the juice in life. It's okay to embrace those days. You're like I don't feel like I look good. I don't feel strong today. So give me your story on that, though. I want to hear well, it. Real quick. Yeah. We wouldn't know what the wins feel like if we never lost. Yes. So we need to embrace that hard time. I totally believe that, by the way. And yeah, yeah, so one of the things that I talk about is the meaning you attach behind things, right? Because like I can have an event that you may think's tragic, but I see all the good in it. Yeah. And you know, we talk. I always for the kids, you know, I, I like to break it down and be cultured with the kids. I'm like, yeah. take an L that you think an L, extract all the good from it, and turn it into a W because it's yeah. a learning experience. Everything's a learning experience. You can pull a good thing from every negative event, well, every negative event that you think's negative it's good it happened you know it happened for you yes and so for example i mean we're jumping around but for example yeah, no we're not it's um great. the meaning you attach behind things this was in a perfect example how i took you know a negative moment yeah. and you know i can't snap my finger but in a snap of finger <laughs> yeah. you know took it to a good yeah. so i was i had the opportunity to work a ufc event 
okay. in Madison Square Garden. So I got to work the red carpet, interview some of the fighters, celebrities. Yeah. Nick was feeling like the man on top okay. of the world. Okay. You know, nothing yeah. could stop me. I'm rolling. Yeah. And it was time for me to go home. I was traveling alone. So I got to the airport. And with flights, it's either, you know, you have side and seating or it's first come, first serve. Yeah. And I'm in a wheelchair, so your boy gets to skip the line. Yeah, right. So I get there, and I get in the best seat of the plane. And I sit towards the window, so there's two seats here, you yeah. know. And best seat in the plane. And I remember the flight attendant. Mm -hmm. She said, this is going to be a full flight. I'm like, sure. You know, no, I already mm -hmm. got my seat, lady, right. you know. Right. And the plane started to fill in. Okay. And people were, like, looking at me and looking away. Or they were like, hey, look, look at this guy. Or, you know, and I see that stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, the plane started to fill in. Every seat's getting taken except these two. And I'm, I'm looking out the window and I'm starting to cry. Mm. You know, I'm starting to tear down. And, you know, mm. I'm, like I said, I'm feeling I was on top of the world, Ed. Yeah. And I'm looking out the window and it got me, it brought me back to that time in middle school, you know, when, when mm. people were just like, freak, you know, it, it, mm. it, all, those, all those little voices came over my head and I started crying. And finally, you know, the plane filled in and two gentlemen had to sit down. And they're, they're here, and I'm, I'm looking out the window, I'm, you know, I'm trying not to let myself cry, and I said, Nick, what would you tell the kids? Hmm. You know, in this situation, if a kid was in this situation, what would you tell them? If a, an adult was in this situation, what would you tell the people you speak to? I said, it's a meaning I attach behind it. You know, it's a hmm. meaning I, I put behind this event. So I told myself, I can either let this, I could be so upset this whole ride home, cry home, I could cry that day, let it affect me for a week, a month, you know, we stack things. So I could let this affect me for, you know, however long. Or Nick could be so pumped up about the fact that he has the most leg room in this plane. And that, in, in that second, I was like, oh, my God, I'm grateful. Like, oh, my God, you know, look at all this space. The, and, and I needed to take myself to that negative spot, but, like, say, okay, and then switch it and say, you know, you have the most leg room in this plane. That's what you need to be happy about. Not the fact that these two people don't want to sit next to you. You're, you're so spacious, you know, mm -hmm. pulling, the, pulling the good from a situation. And that is the importance behind you, the meaning you attach behind things. Because we all, have, we all have low events. You know, we all have events where we just, they th we think it's bad, but in the end, it's, it's working towards us. I'll never forget that story, bro. Thank you. Bro. Woo. I never stop interviews, so I'm not going <laughs> to stop. I, I will never forget that story. Thank you. Wow. I'm, wow. I'm glad I got to share it with you, bro. I've never been quiet on one of these. Um, wow. Give me some. Dude. So good. <laughs> um, thank you for sharing that. Thank you, man. Yeah, man. I think you're amazing, brother. I Likewise. just think you're amazing. Ah, that got me. Um, I want to talk a little bit about some of the things you've achieved. That's just, that story is just, wow. Yeah. Um, beyond just wrestling, this guy ends up, I've watched this, by the way, we'll feed in some B-roll as you guys are watching this now. This guy's a weightlifter and a bodybuilder and a really good one. We were talking off camera about our diets and training and the pros and cons of doing that. And it's interesting, bro. I just keep flashing back. I keep wanting to say this to you, but it's only when you tell me a story like that or when you make that move that I think about you like, oh, he does have that because your <laughs> spirit's so massive. Thank you. I just don't think about it. And it's, 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 it takes me aback that I don't, frankly, right? Like you're stud in every sense, man, like Thank a you. massive freaking champion in every sense. Um, by the way, the Lord also wired you with this unbelievable ability to communicate your thoughts in a really passionate, intense, emotional way, which is why he's such a sought after speaker. Because it's one thing to live what you're living and to achieve what you've achieved. It's another thing to be able to articulate it where people can actually picture it and see it emotionally. Like I'm picturing you on that airplane. That's a gift. So God also wired you with the gift to speak. And so if you have an organization, everybody, right? 
and you want somebody to come in and inspire them and teach them, take their excuses away, give them the tips and strategies that does it. This man has just got the example beyond belief, but also the ability to communicate it. And so before we move into the bodybuilding stuff, we might as well tell them in the middle because you always don't want to wait to the end, okay. right? So how do they find you? Do they go to your social media? If they do, how do they find you there? And how do they find you to speak? Because I know people watching this are like, okay, I want more of this dude, more than I'm even getting the time with my let. How do they find you? So on all my platforms, it's at Nick Santanastasso, my yeah. Instagram. Um, yeah. If you type in Nick No Legs, you know, your boy pops up. <laughs> Is that right? Um, but, yeah, right. Nick yeah, No yeah. Legs. So keywords, Ed. Um, Nick but, No Legs. Okay, that's good um, to know. It's my, for booking, it's booking at booknicksanto.com. Okay. But, you know, that email is linked to my Instagram. And okay. my Instagram's at Nick Santanastasso. Okay. And so they can find me there, but I'm on YouTube and everything. He's everywhere, which, by the way, we might as well do that before bodybuilding. Let me go there first. So one thing you may not know about him, but this dude blew up on Vine, right? And doing, I love that you took your gift, right? Because I actually consider this now your gift. gift. Amazingly, it's your gift and your what you've done with it has magnified it, right? And so you've taken that gift and you used it for like humor and pranks and stuff. So a lot of them may not know this, but like also social media is a place where they can be entertained and informed and inspired, which they can through with you. And some of these videos are out there still YouTube and stuff. So tell them a little bit about what you did. Cause it's like, man, you talk about parlaying something like taking yeah. something. Some of my things are deficient. You go, Nope, I'm flipping this into a <laughs> massive strength. Yeah. You did that on vine with these pranks and stuff. So tell them about that. So when I was a senior, when all that wrestling stuff and, yep. you know, I was gaining that confidence, the app Vine came out and I, had, yep. I was like, oh, I'm going to put myself on the internet, you know? Mm. And my thing was, okay, if I can motivate and inspire people, that's great. But I also want to make them laugh because yeah. I love making people laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I had a mastermind little like group session with my friends. I'm like, what has never been done before? You know, what has never been done? Because if I post something that's never been done, it's got to go viral. Mm. And I'm like... Guys, how many, is there any legless guys crawling around Walmart pretending to be a zombie? <laughs> no. And they're like, right. exactly. They're right. like, no. I'm like, let's go. Uh, you know? So I, I, I lived in New Jersey. I was in regular clothes, and I put fake blood on my face, fake blood, you know, on my clothes. And I said, let's go to Jersey, which that Walmart had been kicked out like three times. They're like, dude, just don't come back anymore. You start too much mm-hmm. trouble. Mm-hmm. And Did they really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been yeah. kicked out of that Walmart yeah. for pranking. <laughs> and so we were looking for a victim, and there was a, we, we go down the aisle, and this guy's looking at paper towels. And I'm like, yo, pull out the camera. And so I come around this corner like, <laughs> and he throws the paper towels at my face. And I'm like, was it six seconds? And they're like, dude, we got it in six seconds. <laughs> you got him six seconds yeah, on yeah, mine. six seconds. Right. So be creative as you can in six oh seconds. And so I'm on my way home, still in school. Yep. And on the way home, I told myself, I said, if this reaches 500 kids, 500 kids and adults, and they could just see, they could see Look how happy Nick is. Yes. You know, look how happy Nick is joking around. Maybe I could be a little bit happier in my situation. That's all mm. I wanted. God. I woke up the next day, had over 80,000 likes and over 80,000 revines. Damn. And it went internationally viral. Gosh. And, you know, news articles from all over the world. But, Ed, the one that stood out to me the most, it, the title was NJ Teen, Born with Disability, Turned into a Positive. Mm. And that's all I wanted from people. Oh. That's all I wanted people to say, well, look at him making the best of a situation. Mm. Because life hands you one hand. One hand, and you mm. got to make the best of that hand. You got to ba- play it to the best of your ability. So mm. I wanted people to show, oh, well, maybe my situation's not that bad, or maybe mm. I could play my hand a little bit better. That's all I wanted for people. Damn. So, you know, that picked up, and I posted a bunch of. Now it's just funny. Now I was just posting yeah. funny videos, some zombie pranks, some other things. Mm-hmm. And I gained a million followers in under a year doing that and created this outlet. Jeez. And that led me to Fox International hiring me to scare Norman Reedus, the main actor of The Walking Dead in Tokyo, Japan. Yes. Which, you know, I always tell people the meaning, the, the, the meaning behind all this is when you start to 
focus your energy on serving others and helping others, the universe comes back with amazing opportunities. Yes. Amazing opportunities. Mm. And it's not, that's not some voodoo stuff. Like, that's real. Like, yep. you know, the, the energy you put out, it comes back tenfold when you try to help people. Yeah. So that's all I wanted to do is help people. Oh. And so, yeah, I just want to make people laugh. No, but seriously, like, you, ch you, you like, fully embraced the, the noise in that to me. Like, it's hilarious, it's funny, but you're like, hey, dude, it's like you just say, look, I know you're thinking this about me. I'm going to make it hilarious, right? And I, I got to tell you, like, I'm picturing this dude in middle school starting to get pointed at and made fun of. And then he finds himself just a few short years later in Tokyo, Japan, million views, doing something that high profile. It's just freaking unbelievable to me, I right? appreciate that. You've also, though, I talked about earlier, I don't want to just tease it because, you know, I'm an athlete or I, I used to be or I think I, <laughs> I think I am. I still think I'm an athlete. You've turned this thing into now, like, you lift real weights, bro. Thank like you. I, it's not like cute. Like, oh, he lifts weights. Isn't that neat? I'm like watching your stuff. I'm like, you have found. It's like you just won't be stopped. It's like, okay, I'm gonna do bench press. You think I can't do bench press? I'm gonna do it. And you, I'm watching your. I'm like, what the heck? This dude's <laughs> unreal. So, you end up going, nah, I don't want to just like lift weights. Like, uh, I want to do some bodybuilding. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> from, this is awesome. I, yeah. So I, I was posting the pranks, and yeah. I actually moved out to LA. I was supposed to be a core cast member of like an Impractical Joker show with yeah. like a disabled cast, so you could pull some pretty cool pranks. Oh gosh, yeah, that would be. That's I moved a great out idea. there. Yeah, I moved. I was 18. Good. I moved out there with a roommate, um, just me and my roommate, and you know, 18-year-old kid. LA is expensive to live in, yeah. and I was living. It was paying $2,000 a month for a little shack of uh, like a loft. Mm. And two weeks after I signed my lease, they canceled the show, mm. and I didn't have any income. I went broke. <sighs> I went and I and and you know talk about how my my mom was like as long as you're happy you know we love you my dad was like well you're happy but you need to be independent you need to make money so that was always in my head I was scared I didn't know how to be financially independent I didn't know that I can't work some regular jobs like people oh my god like what am I gonna do mm -hmm. so I'm sitting in LA and I'm broke and I refuse to tell my dad I'm broke I mean I'm eating like peanut butter and tortillas like you know mm -hmm. low low point for yeah, me and yeah. but like I'm grateful for that experience I'm grateful because I live like that I know I know that I can live like that if I ever yeah. went you know yeah so I moved home I moved home back to my parents in Jersey and I said Nick what's next and mm -hmm. I said that could have been a low point yeah 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 but I was like N you need to stay on what what's next mm -hmm. and my the kid I wrestled one of my best friends Josh that I wrestled with you know we're still best friends to this day he was always a big dude he was always lifting and I thought to myself I said well if I get in super good shape which I don't know how to do it yet but if I get in super good shape I love that you, if I get in super good shape how marketable is that because you can't buy a fit body they can't take away from me my shape mm -hmm. I put you know put my blood sweat and tears in this they can't mm -hmm. it's very marketable too mm -hmm. so from a business standpoint too but I did I did want to look good naked you know I wanted to look <laughs> good and um, and I knew that would that would instill more confidence in me I'd be right. more comfortable in my body because I was out of shape doing pranks mm -hmm. so I'm like Josh you know Josh and I had another buddy Ryan that helped me right in the beginning and I said you know this is what I want to do I want to take over the fitness industry because there's no one like me Ooh. I'm a unicorn you know so if you put me in the industry and I excel it's gonna it's it's gonna catch. Yes. So for the first year I posted, you know, these lifting videos, I had no idea what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And that's what I always tell people, we are the architects of our life. And each and every day we have the ability to learn whatever we want to learn and implement it. You know, mm -hmm. if you don't know it, learn it and mm -hmm. implement it. But mm -hmm. that's the thing. We just maybe maybe people are just learning things and not taking action, but mm -hmm. you know, you gotta implement it. So mm -hmm. I'm posting these fitness videos for a year and you know, I, I told people, I told all my following from you know pranking, yeah. I said Guys, this doesn't this doesn't make me happy anymore. This doesn't fulfill me. And you know, when I have kids, I want them to know me for much more than crawling around Walmart. So I was like, I want to become a fitness model. I want to become a bodybuilder. I want to become a keynote speaker, and I want to break into the mainstream modeling industry. I put out all my goals. I put out all the things that I wanted to accomplish. I said, these are the things I want to want to accomplish. I don't know how I'm going to do them, 
you either support me or not, but this is what this is what I want to do. Mm. So for the first year, I was posting these lifting videos with you know my buddies, and I was getting unfollowed, you know, hated on. Dude, we love your pranks. You know, why are oh. you doing this? You know, how are you going to become a bodybuilder? You have no legs, one arm, like. All this stuff, same cycle, you know, when I wanted yeah. to be a wrestler, same cycle. So I was used to it. I was yeah. used to the seen people. This, you've seen this show before. And I was like, I yeah. was like, you I was like, you guys are think, thinking this is a phase for Nick, but this mm. is gonna be a lifestyle. I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna crush this. So that's what I tell people. I was going into the gym and it was just trial and error. And that's mm. life, you know, falling in your face and figuring out which approach for you, which approach works for you. Because I couldn't mm. go in the library and say, Oh, no legs and one arm, this is how you lift. You know, yes. it wasn't there for me. Yes. So we would go into the gym and figure out, you know how to work well actually the first six months i wasn't even working this side i was like oh, i don't need this side you know i'm just gonna bench press on this side work okay. this side okay. and then i fell in love with bodybuilding mm. i fell in love with the way I, it felt yeah. you know therapy you know the iron the, yeah. this is the therapy and so i was like this is something that i really want to do and you know i don't want to you know i don't want to do it half ass i want to do 100 100 yeah. percent so i need to i need to figure out this side so basically it was just like going in there which micro movements can hit this, you know, mm. with the bands or with resistance and how I'm going to activate that lat, just going in and figuring out different ways. Mm. And my knowledge in nutrition got better, my knowledge in training got better, my physique started to change. change. And people are like, uh-oh. this it, it changed big time, though. What ended Thank up you. happening? Tell them what happened. I mean, one of the things that happened is you ended up being competitive in shows, right? So, yes, yeah, so I yeah. I wanted to, immer you know, immersion. I wanted yeah. to basically just get in a better environment. In New yeah. Jersey, there wasn't much of a bodybuilding environment. Okay. So I moved to Tampa about nine months ago. I moved to Tampa nine months ago, and when I moved, I promised myself, I promised my family, my friends, and my supporters, I said, guys, I'm going to step on the stage, the competitive bodybuilding stage for men's physique before 2017 was over. Mm. So not only was that holding me accountable, but that was basically throwing myself in an uncomfortable situation. It forced me, forced me to level up. Damn, and that's dude. what people need to realize is if you don't think you're ready for something, jump into it. You know, yep. like just because it's going to force yourself to learn what you need to learn, learn mm. to excel. Damn. And so embrace the uncomfortable time. So I'm mm. like, Nick, you know, you don't know it, but you'll learn on the way. Right. And so I did a 12 week prep and my, my, my best friend to this day, Cody, Cody and Mitch, Cody trained me, you know, basically dedicated, you know, my whole 12 weeks of the prep to training me. And, you know, I, I gave everything to that prep because yeah. it, I was basically making, making history. Yes. You know, no one stepped on the stage looking like this. So I was like, yep. I was, and, and the thing is, Ed, people would have gave me an, an applaud if I stepped out at 12% mm. body fat. But mm. that wasn't me. No mm. way. Yeah. I'm like, you know, people clap anyway. I'm coming out shredded. Just like, like the giving, wrestling. Same yeah. thing. Don't yeah. grab when I lose. I'm going to yeah. win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to come out like the, the best I could possibly be. How you know, shredded gonna, were you? Pretty sh I was pretty shredded. I yeah. was probably like five or six percent. And um, so 12 week prep and actually 10 weeks into my prep, I went out to Mr. Olympia to because I had I had a big I have a big following in fitness, you know, yeah. bodybuilder. People know me all over for bodybuilding. Yeah. So I wanted to go there. And that's a recharge for me for people saying, you know, oh, my God, you motivate me. You know, that's yeah. where I get my fulfillment is, yeah. you know, people telling me how I impacted them. Yes. So I'm going there. I'm recharging. And, you know, we talk about like moments were guided, you know, mm. moments that were just like, oh my God, this happened for a reason. Yep. The Friday, I didn't, I, I went to the expo. Saturday, I went to the expo. Sunday, you know, I was chilling. I was like, ah, I'm not gonna go to the expo. I'm just gonna hang. I was in a hotel room and I'm like, you guys wanna go to the gym? And they're like, yeah. So we went to City Athletic Club, which is a super famous gym in Las yep. Vegas. And I remember my boy, Casey Mitchell, he, right when I walked in, he was like, dude, the rock, the rock is upstairs lifting. And I'm like, really? Yeah. And I'm like, he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, I need to still get a lift in, you know, I'm on prep. Like, yeah. can I still lift? And he's like, yeah. So I go up there and here, here Dwayne was, you know, with the security guards. Yeah. And prior to that, he, he had retweeted one of my bodybuilding videos on Twitter. So just mm. like, Nick, much respect. Love what you're doing. So I was like, I told my guys, I'm like, he already knows who I am. We don't need to bug him. I don't, I, ever, I wouldn't want to be bugged in the gym, you know, if I was him. So yeah. let's just like chill. So like we're lifting, we're lifting. And 
he, he was in the corner and he pulled off his headphones and, you know, everybody bombarded with pictures. And, you know, everyone's taking pictures. C.T. Fletcher was there. Kai Green was there. A bunch of studs. Yeah. And then, That's you a know, stud gym. Yeah, that is a stud gym. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm posing in the mirror. You know, I'm like two yeah. weeks out just like doing me. And a security guard comes up and he's like, can Dwayne meet you? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, please. And he's like, yeah, we'll escort you, escort you so you can privately meet him. And so they put me in a corner, have it all filmed, and, mm. you know, we, we dabbed me up, and he's like, hey, man, how you doing? You know, yeah. I love your stuff. And he's like, I'm a big fan. And I'm like, dude, I'm a big fan of you. Mm. And I was like, I'm going to do what you did. And he's like, what do, you, what do you mean by that? And I'm like, dude, you're The Rock. People knew you for college football, flag football, and then you went into WWE, and then you just took over every industry, bro. Yeah. You're, like, crushing everything. I said, I'm going to do what you did. And he said, Nick, you're right. Because people like me and you, they put us in any industry, and we adapt. We adapt, and we overcome. And he's like, I, I, you're going to do it. And mm. Talk about a moment of confirmation for me that I was doing mm. the right thing. And mm. after that, he's like, can I grab a picture? And, you know, another fangirl moment. I'm like, dude, yeah. of course, like, right. you can grab a picture. I love you. Right. So, you know, <laughs> we took you. a picture, and yeah. I told him about my competition. You know, he's like, dude, you're shredded. I'm like, I'm two weeks out. That's the only reason right. why I'm shredded. Right. And um, so I told him about my competition and everything. You know, flew home, and two weeks later, I'm backstage, and I'm pumping up. I'm pumping up for my show, and, and Cody comes over. He's like, dude. The Rock just posted you on his Instagram. Come on, man. And I'm like, I'm like, really? Yeah. And he wrote this really heartfelt message. It's still there if you scroll down. And yeah. you know, very heart heartwarming message. And at the end, he said, Nick, I want to thank you for you know sharpening, sculpting my perspective a little bit more on life. And you know, I mm. and I and I tell the guys, you know, I, I tell my buddies when I'm up on stage, it's really hard for me to. It's still hard for me to realize the impact I have on people because it's Nick, just Nick. Yeah. Like I forget to tell people that I drive a car, but I drive a car. You know, it's yeah. just me doing me. Yeah. So for someone like that to be like, dude, you are moving people. It yes. was just like, oh my god, like I'm, I'm, like I'm going the right way. I'm, I'm going. How'd you do on the show? I took so I, I placed third in men's yeah. physique novice. So it was yeah. my first competition. So that like the amateur, I took third, and yeah. I beat an able, I beat some able-bodied guys, and yeah. I was like. Yes, yes, you know, like yeah, you crushed. Thank you. How yeah. cool is it, by the way? Because by the way, all of you should know this too. You can someday inspire your own heroes, which is what you did with Dwayne, right? You can someday your example can inspire your heroes. You said a couple things that I just want to go back to, because we're like, here we go, flying out of time again, right? Because this is like unreal. Number one, several times you said, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. So many people are stopped by thinking they need to know how to do something without chasing it. More important is why and your passion for it. The how will reveal itself in the chase. So many people are held back by, I don't know how, right? Get your butt in there, start chasing it. The how begins to get revealed. Also, I think Dwayne used an unbelievable word for you, which is adapt. He said, yeah. guys like you and I adapt. If you think about it, your life, because of the way that you were born, you've had to adapt all of your life. And champions in anything, yeah, they have drive. Yes, they have goals. They have their incantations. They have the gratitude. They have all that. They also have the ability to adapt. It's one of the things not covered on my show often enough or any shows that I see like this is adaptation, adapting to your environment, adapting to conditions, adapting to circumstances that happen to you. And I agree with him. Guys like you, me, and him, and I would just say you specifically, we adapt and we become great at whatever we do. You're about adapting your entire life. And so stud story dude like now you go dominate because it's interesting you did the bowling thing not real good at that wrestling you got even better then you've taken the fitness and the bodybuilding to like a legitimate world-class level now brother it's like i want to acknowledge that i think Thank it's freaking awesome so we are almost out of time and i do i feel like there's something special about you for every audience i, I you, you obviously know why you should book nick to go speak let's be real here okay you're not gonna have somebody like him ever come into your life come speak to your organization your school or your company 
who's literally, I mean, his example's unreal, but his ability to put these words together is unheard of in this Thank space. You. I mean, like, you're gonna come speak to my company. I can tell you that for sure. Thank you. I told you that even before we went on air. But I also think you have a special gift with young people because you are young. There's a big age difference, even though you can't tell from looking at us. <laughs> right, everybody? Between Nick and I. Um, why are you all laughing, by the way? I don't understand that. Um, but what would you say, there's young people watching this, and I think a lot of you parents that have this, this is the part where you want to send them to this. So you get to speak to a lot of schools. You spoke to one yesterday, yes. as a matter of fact. But if you could give a message to just young people about their life, maybe they're going through something, they're, they feel awkward or self-conscious, they're being bullied, maybe they've got dreams and goals, whatever it is that you could say, to, particularly to the younger group of people watching this, what would you say to that group of people? I would say, you know, it, it's, it's great to have other people believe in you, but mm. it starts within. Mm. Like, you need to be your biggest cheerleader. You need to believe in yourself. And that, if, whether that's, like I said, we, we said before, working on yourself a little bit, mm. the, you have to do that for yourself. And that's mm. the beauty behind it. The only person that needs to believe in you is you. Mm. The, only need to, the only person that needs to believe that you can obtain your vision, obtain your goal is you. Mm. No one else is going to do it for you. So mm. be your biggest cheerleader and embrace being different. You know, the sexiest thing you could be is different. You know, whether that's, you know, personally, professionally, in business, whatever it may be, being different stands out. So, mm. you know, that and, and follow what you love, you know, because I say the majority of people are on earth dying. They're not living. They're, they're working jobs they don't like or they're doing things that they just don't enjoy. But you have one life. So I would much rather fail and fall on my face at something that I enjoy, that's something that I'm pursuing that I love than trying to then work a job that I don't enjoy or living a life that I don't enjoy. I'd much rather keep failing and, and, and working on something that I love mm. and something that I hate. Mm. And that's what I tell people, you know, live, live on this earth, don't die, you know, be you, be, follow what you wanna do, mm. you know, and, and forget the outside noise. Mm. Use it as jet fuel, use it as motivation and elevate yourself because everything around us, whether it's negative or bad, you know, you can use it in a good way. And, and, and mostly the negative stuff because mm. these kids have so much going on you know, in, in their life, whether it's social, you know, at home. I know it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but use that as drive, you know, switch that energy because life gives us energy. We, di we dictate whether it's negative energy or good energy. Mm. We have that choice. So mm. for them to realize that, you know, you, you, are the, you are the architect of your life. You sculpt your life. So just follow your dreams, follow your passion. And like, like you said, it sounds so cliche, but you're never working a day if you truly love what you're doing. And that'll drive you more than anything. That mm. why will get you out of bed on those hard days. Mm. Uh, why that's ridiculously awesome, what you just said, is I'm listening to you and I'm like, I'm 47. That applies to me. And so the best advice isn't age-centric. Uh, it's, uh, it's not religious-centric, right? It's not specific just to an ethnicity. The best advice applies to everybody. What you just said is true for everybody. There wasn't a 60-year-old person listening to this that shouldn't take that advice or a 16-year-old person. I think you're special. Thank you. And um, you inspire me. And I know that today you just started the journey of inspiring even millions more people, bro. And I'm so excited to watch your future. I'm here to help you with it. Thank you. I'm here to collaborate with you. I'm here to support you. I believe in you. Um, you affected me today. I'm really grateful you came here. Thank you for coming to my home. We got a nice view for you, you today, too, view. by the way. Grateful for the opportunity. And uh, I'd go anywhere in the world to listen to you because wow. you're the real deal, brother. So thank you so much for hug. today, man. I want to hug. I'll give, you, I'll give you a hug. <laughs> I'll give you a sugar, man. I appreciate it. Oh, man, appreciate you're like, you. You, yeah, I appreciate you so much, brother. Did you enjoy that, everyone? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I can already feel it. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to give him some love on his social media, and I'd like some love back, too, for bringing him to you. You know that's what we do on Max Out. You know this program is called Max Out. Let me ask you a question. 
Does Nick exemplify maxing out life or what? I don't know that we've had anybody sitting there in, in the kind of posture at your age, bro, that's maxing out life at the pace that you are. I'm so proud of you. Thank and you. if you enjoyed today, follow this man on social media. I know you know where to follow me because you're here. And so what I ask you to do, we were number one in the world last month on all podcasts in the business space. I'd ask you to keep that up by going on iTunes and writing a review. If you're on YouTube, give it a like or a comment. That helps it move up too. And spread the word to your friends. More people need to know about this. Again, there's a two minute drill on Max Out every single day, everybody. When I make a post, if you make a comment within the first two minutes with hashtag MaxOut, every day we draw a winner and you get access to gear from me or a coaching call with me, but I'm also starting to weave in our guests where you get a surprise coaching call with one of them. Would you agree to do one of those I'm for in. us? I'm so in. you could get a call with Nick if you're posting as well. That's huge, brother. So thank you for that. So make those comments on Instagram, everybody. Follow me on all social media. I hope you enjoyed today like I do. I'm grateful for you, bro. Thank Likewise, you. Likewise, brother. Such a great experience. Max out, everybody, and God bless you.